The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, welcome back as we enjoy another day in the Word of God in our daily live stream devotional. And we appreciate you taking time to join us as we are doing this deep study into the Word of God. And right now we're currently in the book of Psalms. And so in just a moment, we'll be in the book of Psalms. If you'd like to follow along with us, chapter number three as we jump into there. One quick reminder um, that this week, today, Monday through this Friday, uh, my family and I are on vacation. And so I have pre-recorded all the devotionals for this week uh, with the desire to make sure they're there, they're consistent, I didn't want to miss. I took last week and a half and pre-recorded to get ahead and make sure that it was all prepared. Having said that, I mentioned in our last devotional that our software limits us to being able to post. We can post a recorded video and then stream it live, but I can only do two of those uh, in the software. And so what's happening is today and tomorrow we'll stream live Um, But then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, they will not stream live. What will happen to them is they are scheduled just to post on Facebook, um, on YouTube, and on Instagram. They're just scheduled to post right at 11 o'clock. And hopefully, obviously, we're at the mercy of Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and them scheduling it correctly. But on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, there is a new devotional. Uh, It has been recorded. It's ready to go. Um, And it'll be posted right at 11 o'clock on those three days. And uh, so I hope that uh, I know it's different than live. Uh, And it'll just be for these three days. And then the following week, we'll be back. And we will make a point to get right back into the live stream uh, live stream devotionals, but we're glad you're with us. And so we're going to be in Psalm chapter three. We're going to go ahead and jump right into that. Psalm chapter three. Uh, I tell you, I love, this is one of those chapters. When you look at it, you really get to see the mind of David. You get to see the heart of God, but more than anything to me, when I look at this, I was studying it just earlier this morning. One of the things that absolutely thrills me when I look at this is it is so practical. Most of us could literally say many of the same things. We say, well, Enemies, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. While David's issues in this chapter were his enemies, it doesn't necessarily mean that there is no practical relevance for today. So let's go ahead and look at the verses in Psalm chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. David says this, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help of him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. Well, I'm only going to go those three verses because there's so much in these three verses. And I just want to focus our attention on these three because I think they're going to be a huge help. And then we'll jump in next time into more of the verses. So, you know, when you look at this, let me give you a little bit of context to what's going on. Because what we're going to see, we're just going to obviously break these into three verses. The first verse, we really see the reality of his situation as David, uh, as the king. His son Absalom had uh, created a coup against him. Um, and it wasn't just a matter of some a little bit of backbiting and decisiveness. Uh, this was pretty serious. It had grown to a pretty serious deal. Uh, he had created an army and the army was growing um, to the point where David knew that if he had stayed in his throne, stayed at the kingdom at, at, right there at the capital, he probably he would not have lived. And so he's on the run. He's in exile. This is the second time it's happened. He did this one. King Saul was trying to kill him because David was going to be his successor. 
And so now this is the second time. The first one was a, a good friend of his. This one now is a family member. So you can imagine uh, you've got this heartbroken father who is now running running for his life. And you imagine the thoughts that go through his mind. What did I do wrong? And evaluating every decision now being made. Why would my son want to do this? And there's just so many battles that must be going through his mind as a king, as a leader. Why are so many people following him? There's so many things that can run through a person's mind. Self-doubt, frustration. Uh, there's no point in doing going back. What am I worried about? You know, why should I even try to do this? Um, then, as we'll see here in a minute, we begin to doubt a little bit of what God is doing. Why is he allowing this to happen? See, we, we look at the Christians and we say, well, I know God should work as a Christian, but this is a king. God was still in control at that time, and God was still actively involved in the aspect of kingship. Please understand that, and I believe as it should be, the Israeli people recognized that the king was ordained by God, was ordained by the prophet of the day. Uh, and so he was placed there by God. Uh, while he was not a, well, excuse me, I'm sorry, while he was not a religious leader, and I hope we understand that, sometimes people like to equate the life of the king in the Old Testament to the preachers of the day today, and that's not at all true. David was not a pastor. David was not a preacher or a prophet. David was a king. And the culture of the day offered a lot of freedom to the king. It's one of the reasons uh, God told the children of Israel, you really don't want a king. There's just so much cultural things that come negatively with having a king. But they wanted one. And so while David now is running and God is on his side, we know that the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. So they had a very sweet relationship. So let's look at some things that David says. And the first thing we realize is the reality of the situation. His son's after him. Uh, here's another point. He says, why? I'm sorry, I'm, verse, I'm in the wrong chapter. Verse chapter 3. Lord, how are they? increased, trembled me. And it's interesting how he asked the question. I, I can, just for me, I can kind of picture a little bit of the frustration, confusion, concern in, in David's mind, as would be maybe in mine. He doesn't ask, Lord, why? He doesn't say, Lord, what's going on? He says, how are they increased that trouble me? Lord, what happened? Why is this happening? How could this be possibly happening? What did I do wrong? Why are you allowing this to happen as God? And, and so much of what happens is the foundational belief of who you are, the foundational belief of what you stand. Everything you think is now changing. And how is this possible that all the, that it's increased? I, I thought I had people who were loyal to me. How could so many people be following my son? How could these things be happening? And so you very much see a very unique aspect of the heart of David in there. How could this even be happening? Let me explain. He goes, in the second half of the verse, many are they that rise up against me, which again is true. The armies of Absalom were growing while the armies of David were decreasing. So the reality was true. The reality of what David was facing was very true. What he was looking at was real. What he was facing was real. And as he watched it, it was becoming overwhelming and understandably overwhelming. And it was confusing. Here's, here's what I can think you say. I, I, you know, I'm not perfect, but I've done right. I've done my best. Lord, why would you allow this? So in practical application or practical result for us, we understand that while God, uh, while we are not kings per se, and while we I don't, I sit back and say we would have enemies like David stating, I think we can sit back and recognize a very important part in this, in this conversation. We don't have enemies, but we do have circumstances. We do have situations. And so um, the application that we can look at is just the fact that we, we look at this and say that while David's overwhelming circumstance was his enemies, for us today, it's going to be our circumstances. It's going to be a battle with sin and temptation. It's going to be struggles with family. It's going to be whatever Satan uses. Please remember 
that Peter said uh, in his book, he says that Satan is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He watches you. He knows where you battle. He knows your weaknesses. He, by the way, he doesn't know your mind. He doesn't know your thoughts, but he knows your actions. That's an important uh, uh, um, distinguishment to make because uh, we, he doesn't know what's going on in my mind. He can't read my mind, so he goes by my actions, which is important to understand my actions and how I respond to things. But so we look at this and we see that David knows, excuse me, Satan knows the battles that we go through because he's watched us and he uses those to continue to go. So we may find ourselves and we may ask God, how is it that he, he, hey, I'm right with God, I'm doing right. And by the way, if you're not, then this is a good opportunity to get right with God. How is it that your battles are increasing? Remember when Joshua knelt down uh, after the battle of Jericho and he was begging before God to fix something and God looked at him and said, listen, get up, what are you doing? Why are you here? He says, there's sin in the camp. He says, how do you not recognize that my hand of blessing is not upon you? There's sin in the camp. Go deal with it. So Joshua was kind of called right out in that situation. And what we see in that same circumstance is the first thing we need to do when evaluating, Lord, why is this being allowed? Is we really need to look back and say, Lord, what is it? that I've, Is there something in my life that I have done? Am I right with you? Am I right with other people? Am I in, in submission to the word of God? Am I in compliance and obedience to your word, your thoughts, your desires, and God's word? And I don't mean, do I think, can I, can I justify myself? Am I, am I really there? I mean, it's something we need to evaluate. David at one point said, search me, know me, search my heart. Please, Lord, you tell me. Not where I think, Lord, you tell me what's going on. That's part of the sweet relationship. So David's there in the type of relationship we come to God and says, Lord, I, I, I'm right. How is this happening? So he goes to verse 2. And he says this, he says, Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. See that. Here's simply what happened. Many were convincing David that God had forsaken him. He might have believed that he was wrong and therefore God was no longer on his side. And the evidence of the day seemed to prove them correct, seemed to prove these battles correct, that what he was watching seemed to validate the concerns in his mind. And so as he's hearing people say, well, David, obviously, and this happens a lot, look at your circumstances, look what's going on. Obviously, God is on the side of Absalom and not on your side. And we often can do that. Circumstances, if we allow them to, can dictate a wrong narrative. Circumstances can dictate to me that, hey, um, you're wrong, and, and obviously you're wrong because look at your circumstances. For example, uh, these three men who stood by their friend Job, who looked at him and said, Job, just by circumstance, we're telling you, you obviously are right, not right with God. You need to get right with God. And again, sometimes what we see is God chastening us, but I'm talking legitimately. Sometimes when you see, well, obviously everything's going bad, it must be God. Sometimes it is God purging. Sometimes it is God teaching us. Sometimes it is God asking us to trust in him. Sometimes it is God asking us to follow him in faith. When faith is not free of oppression, actually faith is strengthened in the midst of oppression, in the midst of opposition. And so we see this and we see what he's looking at and, and he can his mind, because what happens is the moment things don't go the way we want or we feel like things are overwhelming, our mind runs to believe the lies of Satan. Satan says, well, if you were a really good Christian, this wouldn't happen. I know this is your problem. And our circumstances can seem to argue any of God's work and blessing in our lives and that our minds struggle believing the lies of Satan. And um, here's a simple truth. We ask, can everybody be wrong? I mean, there are a lot of people telling David, 
obviously God's not blessing you. And he says, can all these people be wrong? Can I be honest? Yes, because not everybody knows the truth. Not everybody knows what's really going on. People many times are observers to the circumstance. And unfortunately, as humans, as observers, the first thing we want to do is every one of us have an opinion of what's going on. Unfortunately, most of us give opinions out of ignorance. We really have limited to no knowledge of what's really going on, but boy, we have a conclusion. This has to be it with the limited knowledge we have. That's why God says if you have an opinion or a concern about something, go to the person. Ask them. Give them the benefit out. What's going on? Why is happening? What am I missing here? Uh, but unfortunately, it places on certain people that battle in our mind. And we have to, here's the key, we have to at this point understand the importance of a strong relationship and walk with God over listening to the opinions or assumptions of other people, which generally by themselves are very, very dangerous. This is why walking with God, being right with God, um, spending time with God and being in his word and, and having a conscience void of offense between God and man is absolutely necessary so that when these th false accusations or things come, you know that you're right with God and you can move and have a sweet communion with him. Let's look at number three. Verse three, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I love what it says here. It's interesting. He says, first of all, you are a shield. The idea of shield is a full protection. Uh, this idea of a shield is more than just a shield that covers the front. Simply, it's a surrounding. He uses shield, but the word there talks more about the idea that it's a complete surrounding. It covers the front, back, top, bottom. You are completely encompassed and fully surrounded by the strength and protection of God. Um, oh, what a shield, as one man said, oh, what a shield is God for his people. He wards off the fiery darts of Satan from beneath and the storms of trials from above, while at the same instant he speaks peace to the tempest within my heart. In the midst of everything going on, he's completely, see, I can see the battles, but Satan's, you know, Satan's coming, but God has completely surrounded me. In the midst of it, he finds a way to offer peace to me while I am just surrounded by all the things going on. So I see he is a shield too. Then he says, my glory, simply my hope. David knew that though at this point he'd been driven from the capital in contempt and scorn, one day he would return in triumph. And so by faith, he looked to God, that God would allow that to happen one day. Circumstances seemed to go against him. Nothing seemed to stand on his side at this point. And yet as he looked at it, he said, I know where God's going to have me. I'm going to trust in the promise of God. And in that, I find hope. This where Joseph, many, remember, for 13 years, kept his faith in that dream, knowing that one day God would fulfill his word in due season. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem easy, but in due season, he would. And this is where David said, uh, you are my glory. You are what I put my trust in, not my circumstances, not people's opinion, but you are what I put my trust in. But I love this last phrase. He says, you are the lifter up of mine head. Encouragement, literally. It's, it's, it's a picture. Here's the idea. When we're discouraged, what happens? We hang our head. We look down and we're discouraged. We don't want to look people in the eyes. We struggle looking up. We, we struggle just kind of facing life on with the battles that have consumed us emotionally and spiritually and physically. And what God, what literally, that picture is that God looks down, grabs our head and holds us up. Hold your head up. It's okay. You can make it through the day. And he is the one that lifts up my head, gives me the courage to keep going, gives me the strength to look ahead and not be overwhelmed with what surrounds what I fear, what people are telling me, or what I have begun to believe, but what I can move forward in. He said, thou shalt exalt yet, thou shalt yet exalt me. He said, though I hang my head in sorrow, I shall very soon lift it up in joy and thanksgiving. 
What a thought of the three different aspects of, of mercies contained in this verse. He says, you are the defense for the defenseless. You are glory for the despised, joy for the comfortless. These are what we're looking at. And when I, when I look at this, I tell you, it's huge encouragement because most of us can say that what David's saying right there, we've been there. Some of you may say you're there right now and overwhelmed whatever's going on. I hope you find encouragement in the fact that David was not denying the serious situation he was in, but he didn't let it overwhelm him. He came to God and then he said, Lord, I need, I'm going to put my trust in you. I choose to place my trust in you for these times. Well, thank you very much for joining us again in one of our pre-recorded for this week. I hope you stick around with us this week. Tomorrow will be live streamed and then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday um, will be just posted right at 11 o'clock. We hope you keep following. Hope you watch them. We hope they're an encouragement and uh, we look forward to when we get back to be back to live. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.